Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the final buzzer sounds, we're here to wrap it up. Why not? You're Steph Curry! It's time for Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7. Warriors Wrap Up is presented by Realtor.com, the home of home search. John Dickinson and Matt Kolsky inside our San Francisco studios where the Warriors tonight in Brooklyn fall to the Nets. Final score of 129-88 to uh, in a game the Warriors trailed by as many as 44, Matt Kolsky. They never led. It was tied once, uh, but the Warriors' two-game winning streak is over. The Warriors now 12-40 and on the season. They finish up this five-game road trip at 2-3. and but the headline is what happened right before the ball game and right after we left the air on Warriors Live. We, uh, I think I asked you right before we got off the air, do you think anybody's going to get pulled from the lineup and be declared inactive? Uh, Glenn Robinson III and Alec Burks both were notified that they were not going to be playing tonight uh, with an eye toward both of those guys likely being traded from the Warriors elsewhere. There's been a number of trades that have gone down within the last uh, 45 minutes to an hour, including old friend Andre Iguodala headed to Miami. We'll get into all of that here throughout the course of the next hour, but uh, the headline of the night is the Warriors playing without Burks and GR3, and both of those two likely headed elsewhere. Yeah, uh, Alec Burks is no surprise. I I don't think there was really any choice. And we've been saying this since Steph Curry got injured that Alec Burks is likely going to be traded. And whoever ends up with him, I think, is getting a piece that can help you in the playoffs. So I I fully get that. And that's not to say Glenn Robinson can't help a team in the playoffs. I think certainly he can. uh, And it certainly appears that he will also be traded. But I will still say... I still like the fit moving forward with Glenn Robinson. And if he isn't traded, I won't be upset. And if he is, I'll kind of keep him in mind as a guy the Warriors could still go after in the offseason. Yeah, I think his game would fit as far as somebody to reacquire a lot more than, than say, Alec Burke's game would right. would fit in that realm. Well, and we were talking about this, I, I think it was with our, our boss, Matt, before the game started. Just the fact that with Alec Burks, it's hard for me to look at what he's doing this year and figure out how that translates to next year when he wouldn't be a primary scorer. He wouldn't be a primary ball handler for this team. What Glenn Robinson does, he could do pretty much exactly the same way and be a worthwhile piece moving forward, right? I mean, you look at Glenn Robinson and he defends, he shoots the three, he's athletic, he cares, he tries hard. Like, that's all stuff that's valuable in an 8th, ninth, 10th man off the bench. And I wouldn't mind seeing it as part of the, the future of the Warriors. 888 888-957-957-0, 888-957-9570. It is Warriors Wrap-Up here, brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. John Dickinson and Matt Kolsky with you. Warriors fall tonight. They lose in Brooklyn, 129-88. to But the trade deadline now, oh, about... Just under 17 hours away. That's good math. At noon uh, Pacific time tomorrow. Uh, will D'Angelo Russell be on the move? The latest as far as the rumors pertaining to D'Angelo Russell still seems like it's Minnesota or bust as far as if you know teams being interested in him. The Knicks did pop up on the radar as well uh, yesterday uh, throughout the course of this week, but it still seems like uh, a gap reportedly between the Warriors and Minnesota as far as what they would be seeking and what uh, the Timberwolves would be willing to give up. And was it Anthony Slater in the pregame who told us he thinks the Knicks are just being used as sort of a, uh, well, it makes me think well, of the way the, the Giants, the way the San Francisco Giants have been used over the last several years in free agency. Like this is an attempt to drive the price up. Fundamentally, I think we all agree on this. The Warriors are in a spot now where 
they're not pulling the trigger on a D'Angelo Russell deal before the deadline unless something blows them away and they think we might not be able to get an offer that good in the offseason. And so far, that offer hasn't been made. No, it, it hasn't been made. And, and again, I just still think there's so many more options. It, it appears the best possible deal the Warriors could get as of right now, just you know, reading through all the reporting, is Andrew Wiggins and a couple of first-round picks. And as much as you would maybe look at that deal and think, boy, that, that's something the Warriors should consider and take a, a good, strong look at, I still think if you get to June and then July, there is going to be a better player out there that the Warriors would be able to to get, maybe in some kind of a, a three-team deal involving Minnesota where they still get their man and then you still get maybe not as much draft pick compensation coming your way, but you're going to get a better, more useful player than Andrew Wiggins. No disrespect to Andrew Wiggins. I, I just think at this point that would be settling if you're taking him, even with, let's say, a couple of first-round picks, one in each of the next two years. Maybe. I'll say if you could get Minnesota's unprotected pick in either of the next two years as one of those first rounders, I think I would make that trade. But I do seem to have more confidence in what the Warriors could do with an Andrew Wiggins than most people do. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that's worth. But I just see a lot of possibility for a a kid who's still very young and really has had no stability in his NBA career when it comes to the little parts of the game, like passing and playing defense. I think he's already shown some improvement this year, and I kind of think there'd be the possibility of seeing a pretty significant improvement if he joined a team that could sort of foster those skills. That being said, that's a definite risk because the guy's been in the league for five years, and a lot of people you look at after five years, and they are what they are. So do you take that Wiggins gamble? For me, if the draft compensation was sweet enough, I would. Just because I think I also might have a little less faith in what will be there this summer if you take him into the offseason. And I really don't think they want to start next year with a three-guard lineup. I really don't. No, and I would agree with that. And I, and I actually like Wiggins a little bit more than most people as well. Maybe not as much as you do, but that wouldn't be a complete non-starter for me. I, I just am of the belief that that's a deal if Memphis is in some ways, and Anthony Slater put it this way, obsessed with getting D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. I think you could come back at a later date that's- and get Andrew Wiggins. It, you know, Andrew Wiggins feels right now on February 5th, going into the 6th, it feels like you're really settling if you're the Warriors without fully exploring all of your options. Maybe at some point that becomes the yeah. best deal you can get, and at that, it's not horrendous. Right. But right now, that wouldn't be the deal that necessarily I would seek out. Yeah, I and I understand that perspective, and I think that's probably about right in terms of the summer part of it, right? If, they're will- if we're trying to analyze how Minnesota sees the addition of D'Angelo Russell, it seems pretty clear that whatever they think about him as a player, and clearly they think he's good, as much as what he brings on the court, his value to them is Carl Anthony Towns would like to play with him. And right now, Carl Anthony Towns looks like he's not enjoying playing with anybody on that team. So if that's your main goal, that's not going to change come offseason. Carl Anthony Towns being happy and playing hard is still going to be the number one priority for Minnesota whenever whenever they have these conversations. So, yeah, you probably can still get this in the offseason, and you'll have a better sense of what the draft picks are, which could be valuable in terms of negotiations. So, yeah, that's probably true. And I guess here's what interests me is what are the other possibilities we're envisioning for the summer beyond Minnesota? Because if it's Ben Simmons... That becomes very interesting to me, but I'm not sure I can find another player in the league that has any chance of being available and fits in any way. I just want to see the opportunity be there to to find out what else is available. Sure. And if it if it turns into, hey, Minnesota, you really want D'Angelo Russell because you want to keep Carl Anthony Towns happy and you believe, you know, if you're Gerson Rosas that that he could turn into maybe a James Harden 
in in what he envisions to be a, a Rockets, you know, system that they want to run up there at some point. Hey, more power to you. We'll revisit it at that point and let's see if we can we could do business. But yeah. right now that's plan, let's say I, I don't want to call it plan Z, but maybe it's plan M. Okay. If you're if you're going through the alphabet right there in the middle. Uh, as something that you'd want to to look at and explore uh, right now. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. It is Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Matt Kolsky with you as the Warriors did play a basketball game tonight. They did? They did lose by 41 points Eesh. to the Brooklyn Nets. They gave up 40 in the first quarter. We are also going to hear from Steve Kerr at some point. Uh, between now and 8 o'clock as he did meet with the media in Brooklyn. You know, Warriors if you take now, away that entire first quarter, they'd have been within one point by the end of the game. Just took it away. Just like, take took, the 40 points the away 40 from Brooklyn. Away. Yeah, then yeah. you'd have been within one. Then you would have been within one at the end. And we were joking about <laughs> the difference, the differential, the 15-point the yeah. differential at the end of that quarter. Like, hey, watch them play an even game the rest My of the God. way. No, it was far from even the rest of the, the rest of the way. And the Warriors did play, I thought, tonight – as far as this game goes, and look, the bigger story here is where is Alec Burks going to go? Where is Glenn Robinson III going to go? If he also is going somewhere, will D'Angelo Russell be going somewhere? That's the most important part of a night like tonight. Yes. I will say this for the game tonight and the Warriors losing by the score that they did. I think it's a situation where you had a shaken team take the floor uh, in Brooklyn, finding out before the game that Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson III were, were both not going to play and likely we're not going to be members of the Warriors by the next time this this group meets again as a team to have a practice, uh, likely on Friday as they lead toward uh, Saturday's game against the Lakers. Yeah, we'll know everything by then. I, I do you expect? I think we both expect definitely Alec Burks and likely um, Glenn Robinson to be gone. Yeah, I don't think you hold out. I don't think you hold them out unless something's and you're, unless you're pretty, pretty well sure. imminent or you're confident that, that it's going to happen. My question is, A, do you expect anyone else out the door? And B, do you expect anyone coming in the door? I think it depends on how many are going out. I, I, and look, I mean, the Warriors are at a at a point where they're trying to get under the luxury tax. I kind of think we're watching guys leave and nothing's coming back. Yeah, I would agree with that. Which, I think for the most part, that's probably accurate. Unless maybe you see somebody like a Jacob Evans on the move and you take on... Somebody although else's he, although, rookie although contract. Even, uh, although even or take on a lesser a player that's making less money. Yeah, maybe you are sending someone that's you know making a first round pick level of money, and you're taking back somebody second that's rounder. a second rounder that's making uh, you know, six K figures or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, as opposed to the seven figures. We will hear from Steve Kerr coming up. Let's get to Leroy in Oakland though, as he joins the conversation here at eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Leroy, you are on Warriors wrap up with J.D. and Kolsky on 95.7 The Game. Hey, J.D., Kolsky, hey, a long time no talk to. Uh, just real quick, man, I think the Warriors should definitely take a swipe at uh, Mr. Wiggins, and, and I'll tell you why. When Wiggins came out of college and the talk with um, Cleveland was, you know, we're going we're gonna to trade this guy and we're going to bring Kevin Love in, and I said, if they do not take Andrew Wiggins, LeBron James will never win a championship with Kevin Love. And unfortunately, our Golden State Warriors gave him that championship after we were up 3-1. to one. But he still wouldn't have had a championship had we, the Warriors, not given Cleveland that championship. And so that's how high I was on Mr. Wiggins. I thought if he would have went to Cleveland with LeBron, LeBron would have won multiple uh, championships with Cleveland. So I've always liked his talent, and I think that he plays um, to what the culture is. Like, Minnesota is a bad team, and so he's kind of just kind of lackadaisical kind of about playing because it seems like that's what the culture is there. But I say you put him in this Golden State Warrior culture with Curry, he'll show you why he was the number one pick. And so I definitely would make that move, guys. Thanks for the call, Leroy. I mean, that that's the best-case scenario. The best-case scenario is he's going to come here and be someone different from what he's been to this point of his career, a better version, let's say, 
of what he's been to this point in his career. You're getting him if you're the Warriors, believing you can fix him in some way. And honestly, the only thing that really needs fixing is defense. Yeah, I think offensive efficiency, too. Don't get me wrong. You'd like him to be more efficient on offense. There's a lot you could do with his offensive game. You'd like him to look for other players more often, although he has done that this year. You'd like him to probably dominate the ball less than he does on on certain possessions. But in terms of, like, this doesn't work unless we fix X, to me it's just defense. Because if he does literally a poor man's version of what he's doing on offense now, but plays better than average defense as a 6'7 super athlete, I think the Warriors would be fine with that. I think that I think that makes the team better than D'Angelo Russell in the mix, don't you? Yeah, I think positionally it, it's it's a fit. I, I just think he's got to shoot the three a little bit better, and and without a doubt the defensive effort has to that's, improve. Th- to me, that's that's the key. Yeah, of course he's he's a better player if he shoots the three better. And frankly, if you watch his game, a lot of those threes are terrible, terrible shots that he's not open on, and he's just dribbled for seven seconds and gotten nowhere and launched it. If you take away those and give him the open threes he'll get with Stephen Clay on the squad, that, I think that might in itself bump his percentage up. Of course, again, there's lots of things you'd like him to improve on, but if he didn't commit to defense, it'd be bad, right? Like the, the idea of having Andrew Wiggins, if you can just get some defense out of him, I feel like you win that trade. That to me is where the rubber meets the road on Andrew Wiggins. And again, I tend to believe that you can still make an impact on a 24-year-old when when it comes to issues of effort. Yeah, he is young. He'll be 25 in a couple of weeks. Uh, but, you know, a long way to go for him. I, I, I just don't know that I'd make that move right now, today, tonight, and on into tomorrow. All right. Yeah, and to your point, you almost – I'm very torn on this because it's just so hard for me to predict what D'Angelo Russell's value does over the next 35 games. I, I don't just, think it changes much either way unless he gets hurt. That would be the only that would be the biggest motivating factor. I mean, if he sustained some kind of injury like a like a, a Kevin major Durant injury, right. uh or a DeMarcus Cousins or something like that, then you're for all intents and purposes screwed. Yep. There's that aspect of it and and then then you're then you're in big time trouble because well, you he, can't get better at all and you wouldn't even have him. And here's the other part I thought of, and we can talk about this on the other side of the break, but if Steph comes back and it just never works. Like, the theory of we want to see him with Steph is, well, let's see what possibilities we have. But if it looks terrible, then it's almost like you lose some leverage because you go into the offseason with everybody knowing you can't make this work for a full season. Right? Like, if I'm Minnesota and I watch D'Angelo Russell fail next to Steph Curry for 20 games, I think I'm reducing my offer. Yeah, and if you're the Warriors, you may say, okay, well, then we just... We won't deal him then. So I think it. I mean, I think that does still cut both ways. He's yeah. Matt Kolsky. I'm John Dickinson. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Warriors lose to the Nets, one twenty nine eighty eight. You heard it right here, ninety five seven. The game. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson and Matt Kolsky, Nets 129, Warriors 88. You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Steve Kerr coming up momentarily, but right now we get to Mike in San Jose. Mike, you're on 95.7 The Game. All right, thank you. Um, I was just listening to the discussion, and my only contention with I, – I have a couple, honestly, with Andrew Wiggins is since high school, since college, since the pros, people have clamored for him to show some effort on the court, and it just hasn't shown up yet. I I understand, you know, the idea of him growing and maturing while he's with the Warriors, but it's just hard for me to believe at this stage with the guy who's made as much money as he has at this point in his career – that he's necessarily willing to change. And then my other thing is I just don't think he's ever shown the ability to see the whole court, meaning like what I think the Warriors need at that three spot is kind of a point forward who could spell the ball handling responsibilities from Steph, kind of like what Iguodala was doing, and I just don't see that 
within Wiggins' game. I think he's just more of a, a simplistic kind of catch-and-shoot, uh, attack-on-a-rotation type of player, not somebody who can kind of put a whole bunch of responsibility in. So here's the thing. I'm not sure that your sort of uh, look back on what Andrew Wiggins was is accurate because let me read to you from a draft profile about Andrew Wiggins. Uh, Wiggins is a human pogo stick with go-go gadget arms. He uses his athleticism best on defense. <laughs> that's from Kansas. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's what it was coming into the league. It just hasn't manifested exactly. itself. But it's not, it's not like if you go back to college and high school, this was always the knock on him. Effort and defense was sort of his stock and trade in college. And the question was, will he ever develop enough nuance to his offensive game to be a real impact player on offense? But you sh- you ought to be getting a high-level defender no matter what. And as it turns out in the pros, he's been a good offensive player by virtue of incredible athleticism, and he hasn't brought the defensive effort that you want him to bring. So that's part of of kind of what I'm thinking of in terms of can he be again salvaged is weird because he's a pretty pretty good player he he's he's not terrible how much of it is he just needs to change the scenery in your mind i think that really could be a huge part of it and also i know maybe it looked like he didn't love being a third option behind towns and and butler okay but i think what he actually didn't love was being berated by Jimmy Butler. And I think in a lot of ways, being reduced to a third offensive option takes a lot of the inefficient stuff he does off the table and also takes some of the attention off him. Like, he has been, since arriving in Minnesota, expected to be a number one overall pick-level player and be the number two alongside Carl Anthony Towns that takes this team to the playoffs. And it certainly seems like those expectations have been too much for him. Yeah, the one thing I would say is if you don't like being the third player behind Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler, or Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns, then you better have a a change of heart if you're coming to the Warriors because you're going to be the third player there and maybe even the fourth player in 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 some ways if yep. Draymond Green is still going to be around and be the playmaker that Draymond Green has been. Well, let's get to Ron in San Francisco. I want to keep it moving on the phone lines here as we do have people that want to participate. Ron, you're up next here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Hey, thanks, guys. Hey, yeah, the, the Andrew Wiggins thing is crazy. He had Tom Thibodeau as his coach, and all that guy does is in his raspy voice yell about defense. He couldn't get an ounce of defense out of Andrew Wiggins. I think a much better trade scenario that nobody seems to be talking about for D'Angelo Russell is getting uh, Aaron Gordon from the Orlando Magic. 6-8, the guy has shown that he can score from the field and three-point, 35% three-point shooting last year almost. 6-8, he can uh, – then they got him, Clay Thompson on the wing on defense. He's still got Draymond who can play at an all-star level defense. And then you got a lot of options with that fifth player. You could get a – Running rim running five, or you could get a stretch five like Brooke Lopez, and then you got a lot of options for that starting. Ron, five. can I just ask you, have you seen anything to indicate that the Magic have any interest in either acquiring D'Angelo Russell or getting rid of Aaron Gordon? No, haven't seen anything, but it's an all-star for, for a potential all-star. D'Angelo Russell's made an all-star game. Andrew, Andrew Aaron Gordon hasn't. Fair enough. I, my suspicion would be that the Magic value Aaron Gordon far more than they do D'Angelo Russell, but I, I mean, I... I'm with you. If you could get Aaron Gordon, I would I would prefer that to Wiggins. I think he's younger and does more different things on the court. I don't think that's even a remote possibility. I don't know why the Magic would have interest in either thing, in, in unloading uh, Gordon or in acquiring Russell. Thanks, Ron. We appreciate the call. What do I, you think? I, I don't love Gordon either. I really don't. In fact, he also I, doesn't play much defense. I probably like Gordon less. Really? To be honest, yeah. Just because I think positionally Wiggins is, is and body type-wise, is a better fit. Gordon's I don't, probably more of a four I than think a Gordon's three. a four. Yeah. And I don't love Gordon and Draymond together. I, Gordon I, I, does, well, yeah. no, until this year, he was a better three-point shooter. Yeah. I'm just, I, I think Gordon is a, I don't think Gordon's even really a three, like your your third best player in a, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I don't really either. But I also don't think Orlando would, 
want to do that deal, do you? I, Does D'Angelo not. Russell no, do anything not. for them? Probably not. I mean, I think they probably feel okay about Markel Fultz right now. He's a name that always comes up. I, I just, I push him off to the side. I just now, eh. if, if, uh, you know, injury, res, injury uh, report dependent, if they wanted to make Jonathan Isaac available. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. That would be very interesting. John Dickinson, Matt Kolsky, Warriors wrap up 95-7 the game. Let's go ahead and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, uh, as he met with the reporters, and he was also explaining what was going on with Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson the third. Two of our leaders, elder statesmen, guys who are really beloved in the locker room, um, you know, for the, for the team to find out that um, – you know, those two guys are most likely going to be traded. It's pretty tough. So we all <clears throat> kind of just found out, you know, prior to the game. And uh, there's not, not, a, not a very good way to prepare for a game when something like that happens. And I think it showed. Uh, Brooklyn played great, and I give them a lot of credit. I thought they were fantastic. Uh, uh, but we were, we were definitely affected by the circumstances, and we, uh, we took it on the chin. Uh, nothing. Now, we talked before the game, um, but after the game, um, there's nothing to nothing to say. Uh, before the game, there's plenty to say about uh, Glenn and Alec and, and how much they've meant to us, and and um, you know, f- just just to get get some some thoughts out, and and uh, so guys made their their feelings known and and we let we let Glenn and Alec uh, know how much they've meant to us and and uh, how tough this is so um, it's a tough night um, he D'Angelo was fine I mean you know our whole team um, struggled tonight under the circumstances so D'Angelo wasn't the story, despite the fact that this was his one return here. Um, and it was sort of ironic because, you know, his name is the one has, that's been in the in the trade rumors all week. And, uh, you know, for, for um, all of a sudden we get to the arena and Glenn and Alec are the, are the ones uh, who lo- are looking like they're going to be moved. It was a, really a surreal um, scene for us. And uh, so I think D'Lo's uh, return here got lost in all that. Beyond the emotion of tonight and how that affected, how do you see just you know, the loss of two guys who have been durable and productive this year affecting you guys on the court? Yeah, I mean, uh, A.B. and Glenn have been two of our best players, um, two of our leaders, uh, just two great pros. I mean, these guys are rock solid every day, and, and it's you can't... Um, overstate how important that is to have um, mentors for younger players um, guys who are showing the younger players how it's supposed to be done in terms of you know just being on time every day and and putting in the work and understanding what this is about being professional and uh, they don't come any more professional than than glenn and alex so uh, yeah we're gonna we're gonna miss them for sure D'Angelo's name is still out there and some stuff. But did, you know, was there a consideration of him not playing today, or does him playing mean maybe you know the expectations are still going to be here? Uh, you can you can read into whatever, uh, however you you'd like to read into it. Um, but it's I think our, I think the way it panned out to, tonight is makes things pretty clear. Draymond said these teams are pretty alike right now, except the Nets have a few more wins. For once, I think he was referring more to these teams being big on player development right now. How important is it to get both of these teams get their cores really strong before any visions of you guys coming back here in June of next year and Kevin and Steph doing more than hugging it out in the court? That's uh, that's so far out in the distance that I can't even fathom that. You know, we have the worst record in the NBA, so uh, for us to be sitting here thinking anything beyond just getting a little better tomorrow um, is would be insane. So I'm not going to go down that path. All right, so Steve Kerr there letting everybody know, hey, look, there, there, there's a reason that you didn't see Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson III. It, it's sort of weird, right? Like, Well, he can't 
Well, I know weird the other direction. Weird to me that he didn't just say, I, I was coaching. I don't know what's going on there. I guess we'll see. Weird to me that he was like, yeah, they're basically gone. Because that's not necessarily what, like, well, they, the Warriors could have three different deals lined up for both of them, frankly. Right. And none of them might, one of them might fall through or three of them might fall. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, I think I, the Warriors have clearly reached the point where they want one of them to happen. So one of them yes. is going to happen. Well, one of them for sure. Well, but I mean, one of the deals for for both players. Yeah, I guess you're probably right because he would never come out and say that if it wasn't more or less a done deal. Yeah, and I think he's also in a little bit of a different you know, category than D'Angelo Russell and even Kavon Looney, who Anthony Slater dropped on us before the ball game. Yeah, I'm hey, still don't be surprised if still you know, skeptical of that. You know, he named the next guy that's not Russell or or Burks or Robinson that might be going somewhere, and he says Looney. That that threw that threw me for a loop. I mean, that that would be a stunner. I st- yeah, and I understand his point. I think was just Looney would get them under the tax threshold all by himself. And the combination of Burks and Robinson doesn't do that. But it's still, like, Kavon Looney's still a bargain if you have a good team. Kavon Looney at $4.8 million feels great if your team is good enough that Kavon Looney as your 7th or 8th man is helpful, right? Look, the only way you're trading Kavon Looney if you're the Warriors is if you think he's he's shot physically. And right. is exactly. never going to be able to play at the level that he's played at previously during championship level runs you know what though i mean uh, tonight's not a great example because tonight wasn't a great example of anything although i would point out the warriors played nine guys tonight you know how many of them had a positive plus minus one guess who yeah kevon looney and i was gonna i was gonna say willie collie stein but wait a minute he isn't around anymore because he would always be the one guy somehow yeah somehow previously but Looney still does Looney stuff. Like, watching him in these few games since he's been back, he gets sneaky rebounds. He he gets putbacks offensively. He makes smart passes. He's, he's, he, who was he? Who was he? St- there was a point, there was a play where he stayed in front of a point guard for like 10 seconds in the game this weekend. I, I can't remember exactly who it was now. But like, the guy still does, even if he's slightly physically diminished from where he was in the playoffs last year or two years ago, he still does all the things that made him valuable to this team. Because it was never about athleticism with Kevon Looney. The question is just, will he be able to be on the floor for more than 15 minutes? Because if he can't play more than 15 minutes a night, then he's not worth it. Yeah, and teams reportedly interested in Looney, I would imagine there'd be a lot of them, but oh, yeah. the team at the top of the list was Houston, and I just don't see the Warriors sending him to Houston. No. Like, under any circumstances. Especially Even if he did if, think he didn't have much left to give. Right. Especially with the possibility of, like, him being part of a team that uh, does real damage to you next year. That that feels unpalatable to me. Art in Sonoma is next. At triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Hey Art, you're on Warriors wrap up on ninety five seven. The game. Hi, I've got a couple of takes. Uh, first, I don't think they would uh, get rid of Looney because he's one of the four original uh, or four remaining from the championship years, and he's a leader. So I think that has some cachet uh, with the Warriors. So um, they still want to keep him. They signed him to a three year contract, and they don't do that unless they're going to keep you. Um, the other thing is that um, Alex Burks, um, if he was traded to uh, someplace um, for, let's say, a uh, second um, draft pick, uh, second round draft pick, um, I don't see why the Warriors couldn't bundle him with, uh, let's say, Jacob Evans, uh, take back, uh, let's say, Dallas's uh, ownership of uh, the Warriors' second round draft pick, which they have now, and um, uh, give the uh, Dallas uh, team, um, the Utah second-round pick that they uh, just received uh, in trade. Um, that could be a fair trade. But uh, about Wiggins, the last point I want to make about Wiggins is I think the Warriors would do this trade in a minute now if it got them under the salary cap, if it got them under um, the repeaters tax. Yeah. Because, uh, that's millions and millions of dollars that they save. And the Warriors are now building a reputation of um, rehabbing centers. Um, they've rehabbed uh, DeMarcus, got him to the Lakers. They rehabbed um, Corey Stein, got him uh, traded. Um, they got 
Bellman to drop 50 pounds and be productive. So they know how to rehab a center now and make them productive. And really, um, they're only going to ask a limited role out of the center. He's just have to stand there and take robs and get uh, take robs and get rebounds. That's really all they need from the center. Yeah, see, that's kind of why I think Marquise Chris is not a bad option. I did. That's that's why to me, I think he'll be around. I think he's going to be a big part of this team next year. I really do. I think he's going to be around. I think Spellman is probably going to be around. I think. I would still pencil Looney in to be yep. around, and and I we were talking about this. I think during the game a little bit. That there's going to be a legitimate, actual seven footer with some girth that's in that mix. At least one with, player that's an actual center. My caveat there guys. would be if they end up in position to take Wiseman and believe he's that guy. Right? Well, yeah, I mean he he would be that. Yeah, he would fit. And I yeah. think even if they got him, you could. I to me, you would still see them. Whether it's an Alex Len but or somebody isn't like that, any, isn't there some trepidation given how many years in a row now they have ended up with too many bigs? It seems ridiculous because you think of this team as a team that's always searching for the right big, and they have been. But virtually every season of the last five, they've ended up in a situation where it's like we got too many centers filling out this roster. We can't play any of them together, and now we're missing a piece we could use as a result. Yeah, I think they're going to have to have a little bit of a better balance, but I still think they're going to they're going to they would look at that combination of centers and say it's not enough. Chris yeah. Spellman, Looney, throw Wiseman out of there. Right. That's not enough. That's you you need an actual 7-footer that's got a little bit of girth to him. Maybe. Even if the guy's a bo- it's just a body. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I, that that one is it. That's going to be very interesting to me. How and there's a difference between, frankly, having four guys like that and the Warriors had six, and I think even you're right. seven. You're right. Guys like that in the heyday of you know you're right. full blown. But four I mean, Draymond's a four. Hall right? of Famers. Yeah, like Draymond's the, a four. It's just a. It's half your roster will be fours and fives, and I, I don't know. Well, and the other half of your roster is going to be a lot of Steph ones and, and twos, right? So it's the it's that it's that three in the middle they got to figure out somehow. Yeah. Can I ask you a totally unrelated random question? Sure. And I'm sure you won't care about this as much as I do. Eh, you'd be surprised. Alan Smiley each has 10 points, four rebounds, and two assists at halftime in Santa Cruz right now. Yeah. Why isn't he on the trip? Yeah, that's a great point. Like, I... And I, they, I don't, they don't want him playing a lot but right why? now. why? They just don't. They want him brought along slowly. They don't want him exposed. They want it, they they're kind of babying him a little bit. Isn't that weird to you? Because when I it's watch not, him, not, it's not weird. Given their explanation, I don't agree with it. Okay. Because when I watch him at the at the NBA level, I mean, look, when you watch him at the G League, he looks like an NBA player playing in the G League, mm-hmm. right? When I watch him at the pro level, he looks like a 19 year old who has no idea what's going on, but. He seems to get a little something each time he gets extended oh, I, minutes. I agree. I I I am pro have Smiley each playing. I think played twenty five minutes tonight. He could have. I think Steve Kerr would tell you. Well, he's behind Chris and he's behind Spellman and he's behind Looney. And so if he's your if he's that fourth center, how much is he really going to play? And it's better to play thirty minutes in the G League than it is to play twelve minutes in the NBA. And I actually, and that's the answer. I get, I, and yeah, you're right. That's and I don't the agree answer. with it either, but that's the answer that, yeah, that they've just, given. I don't think that's true at this stage. I think if I'm, what I see when I'm watching him is I think he actually would get more out of 15 minutes at the NBA than 30 in the G League because his physical skills are enough that guys in the G League can't hang with him. You know what I mean? Like it's like I he do. almost has to get beat up a little bit. To grow enough that he'll be at all useful next year. I do, and I and I don't disagree with you. That the Warriors are just not listening to us. They're really not. They really are. On this one. He's Matt Kolsky. I'm John Dickinson. 888-957-9570. Call of the game. We'll also review some of the trades. Andre Iguodala finally on the move. We'll tell you where he's going. Uh, and much, much more coming up uh, as we wrap it up here. Final segment straight ahead. Warriors wrap up on 95.7 The Game. Warriors wrap-up continues on 95.7 The Game. 
John Dickinson and Matt Kolsky, final segment here. Warriors lose to the Nets, 129-88, to but the big story is the NBA trade deadline now here. Tick-tock as we get uh, beyond the top of the 8 o'clock hour here, Matt. Now, now 16. 16 hours. Yes. 16 hours away from the NBA trade deadline. It sounds as if for sure, uh, at least uh, the way Steve Kerr said it, uh, you can read between the lines, Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson third. it would appear likely to be on the move uh, at some point between now and tomorrow's deadline. They both get uh, did not play coaches' decisions for the Warriors tonight as they played just nine. They lose by 41. Uh, Steve Kerr addressing the media earlier uh, in the evening, and we played it back for you in that last segment. It sounds like it was kind of a, a shaken and emotional locker room pregame as those two were held out of action, and it bled onto the floor a little bit tonight. Yeah, so a couple of things. First of all, as you kind of alluded to, the way Steve Kerr talked about it, it would be pretty shocking if either of these guys were on the team tomorrow, right? Because he essentially acknowledged that they were likely to be traded, and that's just not something I think Steve Kerr would say unless he was 100% sure that they were being traded, right? Yes. Okay, so if these two guys are gone... They've said actual goodbyes to their teammates. It sure sounds like that happened. Let's yeah. let's just look at not who's on the roster skill wise, but who's on the roster emotionally. Like Draymond Green now becomes the only veteran on the team, the only one, really. Pascal, Chris, Spellman, Poole, and Evans are all really getting their first big opportunities at this level of of getting real playing time and having any success. So like it's gotta be shaken. It, It makes sense that they would be shaken rather that the two guys who are by far the most established professionals on the team, other than Draymond literally 30 minutes before tip. It's like, we're leaving forever. Yeah. It, it, and as much as you want to say, oh, they're pros, like it shouldn't bother them that much. Uh, they should be able to handle it and play through it. I mean, they're also almost all under 24 years old, and very few of them have anything to fall back on in terms of NBA consistency or success. It's so an, I get it. It's an indoctrination into, hey, this is the real NBA. Yeah. Hey, welcome to the real NBA. You could be flipped somewhere at any moment especially when you're within 24 hours of the trade deadline. Yeah. I mean, I would, you know, 50% of the league is probably feeling like they could go somewhere, maybe more. Well, and if you're Eric Pascal or Spellman or Evans or Poole, you must have been talking to Robinson and Burks all the time about NBA stuff. What's this like? What uh, how do I need to be prepared for that? Like those are the guys they were going to, I would imagine, with again, in addition to Draymond, to get that sort of veteran know-how and and the little things about living an NBA life that veterans help younger players with the youth of this team just really got highlighted let's get to the call of the game it's time for the call of the game brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile Russell working on Allen on a switch backs up Dribble drive, step back, Pompek leans in with the left hand and finger rolled that off the glass and good. That's up and under. He comes up and under the outstretched defensive arm and scoops it up. All right, know the call of the game. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. Jolo and Dibs right here, 95-7 the game, 9.30 in the morning. If you can correctly identify the call we just played, you'll win $50 to Schroeder's Restaurant at 240 Front Street in San Francisco. Call of the game brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile. The best deal in wireless. John Dickinson and Matt Kolsky here. 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. About six, seven minutes to go here. Warriors wrap up on 95-7 the game. Hey, Andre Iguodala is on the move. The month-long stalemate between the Grizzlies and Andre Iguodala has come to an end. And not only is Andre Iguodala on the move to the Miami Heat, Matt Kolsky, Andre Iguodala got a two-year, second here's a team option, but a two-year $30 million contract extension. Let's boil it down. It's it's really a one-year $15 million contract extension because the second year is a team option, so the Heat will control the money on the back end. But Iguodala 
sits out this year. Uh, he's playing golf. He's on a book tour. He's on a media tour. He says, I don't want to play for Memphis. Memphis, by the way, won again tonight, 26-25, and 25, as they are currently the eighth seed in the, in the Western Conference. And he's going there, and he's getting paid. And the Grizzlies are going to wind up getting the first-round pick that they got from the Warriors in 2024, and they wind up getting Justice Winslow. And, oh, by the way, the Miami Heat are just starting a West Coast trip which will see them play in Sacramento, I believe, on Friday. And then at Chase Center on Monday, we could be seeing Andre Iguodala back and playing against the Warriors here in a matter of four or five days. Yeah. I, I don't know if he'll be playing, but I did see that they will have a sort of ceremony. Of I would play hope a he video. would be playing, for crying out loud. He's fresh. Should be fresh. Uh, he, I, there's a lot of thoughts about this, about the way he got there and, and all that. Let's just start with next year. Is there any world in which you can imagine Andre Iguodala contributing what most teams want a $15 million player to contribute over the course of an 82-game season next year? Because I literally can't envision how that's possible. How well? Just physically. I think clearly the Heat are probably okay with him playing... 45 to 50 games okay, and being ready for the playoffs. I mean, to me, you you only make that move if you have a full understanding, even though you're paying him a premium, yeah. you have a full understanding that that it's going to be on Andre Iguodala's terms, and Andre Iguodala doesn't want to play 82 games anymore. Sure. So you're but paying I mean, him the 15 for 50, in essence, is the way I would look at it, plus the playoffs. Okay. Uh, last year, in the playoffs, he he played minutes, 30 minutes a game, and, I mean, look, I guess he contributed. Ten points, four rebounds, four assists, basically, in 30 minutes a game uh, with some pretty good defense. But he also regularly, in last year's playoffs, looked overmatched in situations where he was dominant in the previous years. Don't you think? Yeah, I think that's fair. So look, I, me, I think he's on the downturn. Well, there's no question he's and I on think the downturn. Being, and I think not being on the Warriors would, would have him be on a maybe quicker path toward the downturn. 100%. And to me, what's his biggest value in the postseason? It's a Intelligence, guy defense, who can, intangibles. Intangibles and defense against the best wings on the opposing team. What's Jimmy Butler's best value in the playoffs? Same. Yeah. And 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 scoring a bill. I mean, of I, course, yeah. he does the he does the scoring too, but my point is like if LeBron has the ball, not a good example since you, he's in the but, West but now. But now you can give him multiple looks. Yeah, I guess. And it, the Warriors, but for fifteen million, but the Warriors did very well giving LeBron multiple looks. No doubt. But for fifteen million for a 36, 37 year old Andre Iguodala, it just—it's the price of doing business with Dre. I know, and it feels like a misallocation of resources to me. If I'm the Heat, hey, I'm I, not going to disagree with you, but it's Andre's yeah. world. You're right. You're right. And you know, I and, was joking on Warriors this week just a couple of days ago. We were talking about, well, could Andre come back? By the way, this rules out Andre from coming back. Yeah, he's not he's coming now back. under contract for next season and I with think Miami. That's good for the Warriors. But, you know, we were talking about, you know, I, I had said, hey, well, anytime he would come up, I think it was sort of assumed, well, he would play for the minimum, right? Right. With the Warriors. And I that's thought that's the only way and, they would. And have. I would always say, well, he ain't playing for the minimum. I would always say, well, it's going to be at least a mid level. Like he would make sure that whoever was going to pay him was going to pay, you know, was going to pay him the mid-level. He got twice the freaking mid-level. Yeah. And, and I, then some. Again, I just wouldn't have considered paying him that much. He was never going to be playing for the minimum. Do you remember how many people talked about how horribly overpaid he was last season? Yeah. And he's going to be two years older than that, making basically the same amount. Hey, you're preaching to the choir. No, I know. It's just, and I love Andre Iguodala. I, I think... His contributions in the title years may have been underrated, even though he won the finals MVP. I wouldn't disagree with and, that. And this whole rewriting history thing people are doing now, we're like, oh, yeah, congratulations on a guy who has one all-star appearance and gave up 38 points to get finals MVP. No, he he was a reasonable choice for finals MVP. Oh, yeah, no, he earned it. He was huge in that series. And don't give me LeBron's scoring type, uh, no, total. No, as, he should have been the MVP Exactly. That so... I, this is by no means a diss or a judgment on 
the career of Andre Iguodala or the effectiveness of a healthy and and you know under thirty six year old Andre Iguodala. This is me betting on Father Time. That's it, and it's it's an awful big commitment. And I gotta believe some of that has to do with the fact that Jimmy Butler wants a dude like Andre Iguodala in the trenches with him, and Pat Riley looks at someone like Andre Iguodala as a tone setter, a a culture piece as much as anything. I think right? you nailed it. I mean, I think that's exactly what it is, and I think you you also know you also know that if you're you know what you're getting in Iguodala, basically. You know that, hey, it's going to be $15 million and it's going to be 50 games plus the playoffs, and there's going to be nights where it's going to look like maybe you know what it looked like with, with Golden State. He hasn't averaged eight points or more since the 13-14 season, his first one with the Warriors. One more bit of news here before we get out of here. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reporting, uh, Miami, Memphis, and Oklahoma City working on a th- three-team deal now Gallinari. that will involve the Heat uh, getting both Andre Iguodala and Danilo Gallinari. Yeah. Uh, talks are ongoing that could extend into Thursday. So Iguodala's going to Miami. Looks like Gallinari's going to Miami and other pieces there. I know the Grizzlies won tonight at Dallas to improve to 26 and 25, but they held Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill out of that game. So maybe there both could of those be some guys players could be in it. I, I think you could end up seeing some of the OKC draft assets, probably not many, going to Memphis. but they have so many draft assets. Those could be involved in this trade. And honestly, the Butler, Gallinari, Iguodala, plus you've got Bam out of bio, couple of young shooters in, in Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. This Miami team is going to be feisty and interesting. Yeah. No doubt. All right, that's going to do it for us. Matt, you'll be back tomorrow with uh, Damon. Just Ratto. And Ratto. The Kolsky and Ratto show. Damon uh, giving his time to charity tomorrow. Kolsky and Ratto tomorrow, 2 o'clock. I will be back on Saturday morning uh, with Warriors this week, and then uh, Whitey Gleason and I will have Warriors live and Warriors wrap-up before the Warriors take on the Lakers at Chase Center uh, on Saturday evening. For Cody Pasby, for Alex Scott, Uh, Thanks uh, to one and all. Coming up next, it's the Butcher Shop with Covey and Chasky. You heard uh, the Warriors and the Nets as Brooklyn beat the Dubs 129-88. to You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Good night. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.